Well, good morning, Westridge. It is good to be here with you today in person and online as we begin a new series entitled Seize the Opportunity. Now, we're all familiar with opportunities that come our way uh, from invitations to a meeting that can open doors for us vocationally or gatherings that can help us develop socially, even chances to invest in a business a friend is starting. I have a friend who grew up around Palatine. He had a high school science teacher who told him a story about an investment opportunity that he had come his way back in the 1950s. The opportunity came from a man who had a dream for a restaurant business that would be revolutionary, different from anything the world had seen to this point in time. Now, the entrepreneur shared his dream with this science teacher and invited his friend to join him on the journey ahead with an investment of $5,000. The teacher liked the idea, but when he went home and began to talk it through with his wife, and they realized they were going to have to take the $5,000 out of their retirement fund, the teacher came back and told his friends, I'm just sorry, we just can't risk it at this point in time. Now, you know what the name of the businessman was? It was Ray Kroc. And this business here was what he wanted to establish. This is the original McDonald's that was started in Des Plaines, Illinois, back in 1955. And by 1965, there were over 700 McDonald's restaurants across the, across the nation. Now, that $5,000 investment in 1955 would have yielded millions of dollars for this science teacher. And my friend's teacher told his class, every time I drive past the Golden Arches, I kick myself because of a missed opportunity. Now, we all understand opportunities. During the next four weeks, we're going to look at the story of a person in the Old Testament who chose to seize an opportunity she was presented with, and because she did, her life was forever changed. The title of the message today is Seizing Opportunity at the Crossroads. We all have these crossroads moments in life. Choices made at these moments really do determine our direction in life. And we're going to see this truth lived out today in the story of Ruth. There's something waiting for me at the crossroads, but I can see 10 different ways to go. Ever felt that way? I mean, sometimes these moments in life that come our way uh, seem like there's all kinds of different options out in front of us. We just want to know what the right way is to go. A few weeks ago, Greg did an excellent job of uh, talking about a plan for making decisions. And we make decisions all the time whether it be what route to take to a destination or where will we go on vacation, what am I going to wear today? Uh, Then there's always that famous question we ask our significant other, hey, what do you feel like eating tonight? Yeah, you know. And what's the response? I don't know. What do you feel like eating tonight, right? And we all all understand that. Now, I want to define, though, as a crossroads moment as one of those decision points in life that affects our direction headed forward. I was thinking about this in terms of marriage. One night in February 1981, I stood across the table in the girls' lounge at Lincoln Christian College playing foosball versus a friend of mine and a co-ed named Darla Willard. She was playing goalie. I was playing offense against her. I could not score on her to save my life. And we talked back and forth across the table. I know Darla. It wasn't that big of a college. But we never really talked, and, and as we talked back and forth, I just said, hey, uh, would you be interested in uh, going playing a video game sometime? Now, she wasn't really interested in video games, but I guess maybe I was intriguing enough for her to say, sure. Well, the next time I was walking through the lounge, and uh, there she was, and I just said, hey, you want to go play a video game? She said, I would, I would love that. 
So we went to Huck's Gas Station in Lincoln, Illinois, and I played Space Invaders while she watched, okay? And we talked. And from that night, we were together. We were together. I didn't know that at the point in time, but that was a crossroads moment for me in life because everything changed from that moment on. And we all have those kinds of moments in life. Maybe they're vocationally or relationally, even spiritually, those moments in life where we look back and say, man, from that point, my life's direction changed. The story we're going to be examining over the next four weeks details a person who showed that in her life. It's a great story, a beautiful story with great characters, life lessons to be learned, tragedy, triumph, all kinds of things that make up a story. And it shows that God has a plan even when we don't understand some of the things going on around us. The story of Ruth, which is four chapters in the Old Testament, we're going to look at one chapter each week over the next four weeks. It speaks to the idea of a person who's not only ready but willing to seize opportunities that come her way. Now, let me set a little background for our story today. It begins during the time of the judges. Now, these men and women who were the, uh, the spiritual and judicial leaders of the nation of Israel. There was a famine in the land of Israel. And so a man named Elimelech, who lived in Bethlehem, which is where Jesus was born many years later, lived in Bethlehem, took his wife Naomi and his two sons, Malan and Killian, with him to the neighboring country of Moab. Evidently, there was food in the, in the land of Moab. Now, their sons must not have been very healthy individuals from birth because their names sell that. The name Malam means puny or sickly, okay? Or, or Killian means failing or annihilated. Who names their kid annihilated? Okay, but that's what they named them. Now, they didn't plan on being gone very long, but at some point in time, Elimelech died, leaving Naomi a widow. Naomi's two sons then married Moabite ladies, Orpah and Ruth. Ten years later into their life in Moab, both boys died, leaving their wise widows and leaving their mom with no family that she started out with. Now, this is where we're going to begin our story. Like I said, there's a tragedy as we begin. Now, Naomi learned that there was, uh, there was now food back in Bethlehem, and so she determined to go back home to where she, she knew people. Both of her daughter-in-laws were interested in going with her. But Naomi had a frank conversation with him. She said, girls, I'm not going to have any more children who could be husbands of yours in the future. That's the way things were handled back then. If, uh, if a boy died, the next boy in line stepped up and, and uh, helped, uh, helped provide for the widow. I'm not going to have any more children. You might as well return home to your families and start a new life because I have nothing to offer you. So here's where the crossroad moment comes in. For Orpah and for Ruth. Orpah, hearing that from her mother-in-law, chose to go back home. She kissed Naomi goodbye and left. Ruth, on the other hand, refused to leave the side of her mother-in-law. And she made this classic statement. She said to her mother-in-law, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separate you and me. So Naomi, seeing the resolve of her daughter-in-law, said, okay, let's go. And began their journey back to Bethlehem. Two people at the crossroads. 
potential opportunity waiting in front of them. One chose to return to what she'd always known. The other chose a new direction. So what do we learn about seizing opportunity from Ruth? Well, I think the first thing I see is that Ruth stuck to the path she knew was best for her. Evidently, during her time spent with her mother-in-law, Ruth had seen aspects of life that were very much attractive to her from Naomi. Uh, Maybe she saw the way Naomi reacted to to tragedy and, and hurt. Maybe she saw the relationship Naomi had with God that Ruth didn't have growing up as a Moabite. Maybe she just felt like a true daughter to this lady. Whatever it was, Ruth knew what was best for her, and what was best for her was not going back to what she had known. It was moving forward. Now, this was not an easy step for Ruth. And by the way, when I look at her, I realize that the best step isn't always the easiest step. Or sometimes there is, a, like the song said, a harder way to go. Ruth was, not, Ruth was going to a place where she had never been. She was not familiar with Israel. Uh, she, would, she knew she was going to be an outsider in a land that really welcomed Jewish people and Jewish people only. And there was no promise of any financial provision for her and her mother-in-law. They were both widows and said they, they would have been very poor going back to this place. And yet, she really felt it was best to stick to the person her mother-in-law was. Now, I, I see it kind of like this. When it comes to sticking to something, I, I really like a, uh, a glue trap. I mean, I just really do. Watch. Okay. Now, Naomi, okay, she was the one who said, this is who I need to be with. Ruth said, no matter what you do, No matter where you go, I'm going to be right there by your side. Nothing is going to pry me loose from you. By the way, I practiced this the other day, and when I did this, it went flying off into the future. I've learned some lessons, okay? Ruth said, I'm sticking to you, Mom. Because Ruth knew what Naomi was and who Naomi was was best, and she had no promise going backwards. She wanted to go forward. Sometimes the best path is not always the easiest path. I did the funeral yesterday for a man I knew 23 or 24 years ago. In fact, I did he and his wife's funeral, uh, he and his wife's wedding uh, 22 years ago. And his wife called up about four weeks ago, three, four weeks ago, and said, I, I really need some spiritual guidance. It's okay. Well, I found out at that point in time that her husband had, had fallen sick had gone into a coma, and was now on life support. And she said this, she said, I am faced with a very difficult decision. Do I take him off? Or do I just leave leave him there so I can have him close? And so we talked, we prayed. And I just asked her, I said, what do you think Dean would want? She said, I know what he would want. He wouldn't want to live like this. Okay. But she said, it's so hard. She said, I understand. But she chose what was best for her husband and ultimately really what was best for her. And as we celebrated his life yesterday, she realized I'd done the right thing, even though it was the hard thing. Ruth 
though she could have returned home, knew that wasn't the right thing for her. And so she chose what was new, what was unknown, so she could stay by the side of a lady who needed her and a lady she knew she needed to be close to. See, that's the second thing I see about this. Ruth did choose the unknown instead of what was comfortable. I was doing some research for another message a few weeks ago when I ran across an article about Henry Ford. Now, he was a great visionary. His dream was to put a car in the hands of every person in America. And by 1914, Ford Motor Company had 50% of the market share in America. And trouble for the company, though, came when, when Henry Ford fell in love with his first car, the Model T, and refused to make any changes whatsoever to the car. Uh, his, some of his designers said, hey, let's just give people the option of having different colors. And Ford made this classic statement. He said, people can have any color they want as long as it's what? Black. Okay, isn't that something? Yeah. A, a man who was a great visionary and yet wasn't at times. See, when facing crossroads moments in life, it, it's really easy to choose what we've always known. And the reason's simple. We all get accustomed to doing things a certain way the way the best, best fits us, and that was Orpah. With the decision to stick to Naomi or go home, she just said, yeah, I'm going to go where I know. I'm going to go to places comfortable, the place I've always been in the past. I, personally, I like adventure. I like reading stories of people who choose adventure over comfort. Uh, I look at the advertisement that Ernest Shackleton put in a newspaper recruiting people to join him on an expedition to cross Antarctica on foot. Okay, here's what it says. Men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return, doubtful. Okay, honor and recognition in case of success. Now, who signs up for something like that, right? Hey, 27 men did. 27 men followed Shackleton down to the Antarctica, and while the expedition didn't end up the way it was planned, by the way, if you want to read about it, read the story of the endurance, a great story of, of, of endurance. Even though it didn't end up the way they planned, every one of those 27 men who started the journey came back with Shackleton at the end of it, and every one of them had a story to share about an adventure they had had. See, Ruth... Even though she didn't know what was ahead of her, chose the unknown. She chose adventure. Now, I know I've told you before, I do enjoy hunting, okay? Now, I think one of the reasons I enjoy hunting is because I always get to see new things. You never know what's going to happen when you're out in the tree stand, okay? Now, here's the reality. I wear this because you never know what's going to happen when you're out in the tree stand, and when you're 17 feet up in the air, uh, that's a long way to fall. And so even when I'm choosing adventure, being up in the air, I always use this. I buckle up all over, but here's the most important part of this thing. This is a strap that goes around the what? It goes around the tree, okay? Now, that's attached to me, but this goes around the tree. And what I do, I get up in the stand, I put this on, and I, I ratchet it up. And I tighten it up to the tree because even if the stand gives out from underneath me, I'm going to be held tight. I'm going to be safe because of the stability of the tree. Now, Ruth chose adventure. 
I believe that following Jesus should be an adventure. I believe we can take steps following Jesus when we don't know the outcome just because we can trust him to catch us and hold us. Every step we take. I told First Hour, we're, I'm facing uh, some new directions uh, for our organization, for Ignite Church Planning. That's the, the church planning organization I lead. The, we start churches across Chicagoland and beyond. And we have some new opportunities coming our way. And there are several different things, different directions we could go. And I, and I told the Lord the other day as I was praying, I said, I have no idea which one of these is the best one to go. But I told him, I said, I'm committed to the adventure. And so what I'm going to do, even though it's foggy, I'm just going to take another step. And I think that's what trust looks like, right? Taking a step even when it's foggy, not getting paralyzed, and not stepping. Not stepping. Ruth could have been paralyzed by her decision. Or she could have been afraid and just gone back home. Instead, she chose adventure because she was tied to her mother-in-law. We don't know for sure what kind of relationship she had with God at this point in time, but we know that she had seen God at work in Naomi's life. And Ruth said, that's where I know I need to be. I do want you to know, Naomi was a little fragile at this point in time. Uh, They arrived back in Bethlehem at the end of their journey, and they were, were told the whole town was stirred because Naomi was back home. And to let you know how she was feeling... Listen to what she told her friends. She said, listen, don't call me Naomi anymore. Naomi means pleasant. Instead, she said, call me Mara because, and that means bitter, because she said, the Lord has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord's brought me back empty. The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought brought misfortune on me. Now, she was not a happy camper, right? She looked at everything that happened to her. She said, I'm done. I'm sure Ruth, Ruth hearing this statement as she comes into a new territory, a new town, new people she'd never been around. She, I'm sure she said, what, did I make the right decision at the crossroads? But she knew. She knew things were going to happen for her. She trusted it was going to be okay. And even Naomi, even when she thought things were over for her, she thought that God had written the final chapter and she was done. Here's the reality, guys. This is just the first chapter. Final chapter's coming. Crossroads moments. We all encounter them at times. And sometimes we can be involved in other people's crossroads moment. I I remember the day well, a friend of, uh, the mother of a good friend of mine was visiting her daughter for a couple of weeks. My friend Dixie had not been a follower of Jesus growing up. She hadn't grown up in a a home that uh, knew anything about Jesus. But she chose to follow him and was baptized into him. I did her father's funeral, and then Anna, her mother, would, uh, would visit Mantino. She'd come to church with Bill and Dixie whenever she was there and seemed to enjoy herself. Well, I was praying one day and felt the nudge from the Spirit. And I just thought, I felt, you need to go talk to Anna about Jesus. I'm following him. And so that was the time I listened. And I went over to Bill and Dixie's house. Dixie answered the door. And welcomed me in and said, what do you need? She said, well, I said, I, I need to talk to your mom. She said, okay, she's upstairs. So I went there and I went up and talked to Anne. After a couple of minutes of small talk, I just told her, I said, listen, I'm supposed to come and ask you a question. She's okay. I said, Anne, have you ever thought about giving your life to Jesus and being baptized into him? I will never forget her response. She looked at me and she said, I've been waiting for someone to ask me that question. Yes, I'm ready. 
And that afternoon, she was baptized into Jesus. A crossroads moment. And none of us knew at that moment in time that six months later she was going to be dead from the cancer that was inside of her. Nobody knew. But God did. God did. And I had a chance to not only be a part of her crossroads moment, but it was a crossroads moment for me because it helped me remember, helped remind me how important it is and how urgent it is to talk to people about Jesus. As we wrap up this, uh, this first set of uh, seizing opportunity, I want to ask you to do a couple things in relation to crossroads in the week ahead. Uh, first of all, I'd like to ask you to spend a little time today reflecting on personal crossroads moments you've had in life. Uh, maybe it's, uh, and I want you to do it with a thankful attitude because whether it's been a, a crossroads where you took a wrong step or a crossroads where you took a right step, we learn from both of those, don't we? If we take a wrong step, we will learn what not to do. We take the right step, we say, okay, I've learned how, what the blessings are that come. Okay? So I'd like to ask you just to take some time today and do a little reflecting. And thank God for the lessons you've learned at these moments. Uh, secondly, maybe you're feeling a little like Naomi, trapped by the circumstances of life or maybe decisions you've made in the past. Naomi felt that nothing good was going to come to her, that she was done. Hey, the simple truth is we'll learn from her story as we go forward. You're never done. And God's never done with us because the Father loves us and wants us to be close to him. Hey, if you've been heading down the wrong path, stop. Stop where you are. Tell God you're sorry and you want to follow him. Then just turn toward him. God is for us. And he always has more ahead for us, just as there was for Naomi. You want to talk about this more today? I'll, I'll be up here after the service. I'll be with Greg, Scott. We'll be up here, and we can talk. Or maybe you're more like Ruth. If that's the case, prepare for adventure. Tie in and move forward. I, I love her tenacity. I love her attitude, her willingness to commit to a new direction 100%. So my encouragement, guys, is to look for those crossroads moments ahead. And when they come, Ask God what he wants you to do and just step into it. Because when we're tied to him, no matter what he asks us to do, we're safe because he holds us. And the Father loves it, loves it when we step out in faith and trust him. Hey, Ruth chose very well at the crossroads. And because she did, she was going to play a key role in God's plan moving forward. And we can learn from watching this lady.